Welcome to the Australian Abortion Stories podcast, a place where we can listen to and receive the story medicine of women and people's lived experience of abortion. We're here to decrease stigma, increase empathy and understanding, and to create a better world for all people through these stories. I'm your host, Kelsey, and before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the Ghana and Gadigal people of the lands on which this podcast is hosted. I also extend that respect to the people of the lands on which you are listening from today, and any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander person who is listening. It always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Australian Abortion Stories. You're with me today, Kelsey, and today I speak to Tara, who shares her medication abortion story that she had in New South Wales. And there's a lot of really great and interesting points in Tara's story, and she shares in depth and at length about her um, integration journey in the year that has passed since. So we go into a lot of delicious and juicy details and we had a lot of fun speaking, which always feels a little bit weird to say, but it's the honest truth. Um, so have a listen. As always, if you need to take a break or come back at another time, then please do so. Um, and if you get something out of this podcast, please help support getting it out to more people by leaving a review um, liking the post on Instagram, sharing the post with somebody you think may enjoy this episode and story, um, or you can financially support the podcast by the buy me a coffee link in our show notes or on our Instagram page. So that helps pay for our Zoom account. And um, yeah, we've had a little bit of a podcast refresh, a little facelift, which feels really good. Um, and that's about it from me. So yeah, have fun listening to this story and I wish you all a really happy and safe Easter long weekend. See you next time. Today on the podcast with me, I've got the beautiful Tara to share her abortion story with us. So welcome Tara and thank you for reaching out um, to share your story. Would you like to introduce yourself to the podcast listeners a bit about where you're living, what country you're on, and anything about yourself that you would like to share? Mm, hi, I'm Tara, and yeah, I'm living on Arakwa country within the Banjar Nation. I'm living in Ocean Shores, which is in the Northern Rivers, and yeah, this is really home. This is really, really home. I feel this country in my bones. And I'm so excited to be here sharing this story that's really played out on this land, but also mm. on all the lands down south in the Blue Mountains, on Darug country and in Yuan country in the south coast. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. You've got an abortion story to share with us. Would you like to share a bit about, I guess we can start with where you were just before you found out you were pregnant, what was happening in your life? but also why you felt like you wanted to share this story with me and with the podcast listeners at this point in your, your journey? Mm, yeah, well, that's an epic question. And I really felt like it was this tug as soon as a dear friend of mine, she was sharing some of your content. And I was just like, whoa, this is so, so such an edge, but it feels like such a necessary edge, something we so need to see more of in our culture and across our spaces these stories coming to light and I was just like yeah this um I don't know mm -hmm. 
a little bit that I have like the um, best worst case scenario story. Kind <laughs> 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 of need like yeah, kind of need to share that. It's um, feels like medicine. And before a little bit of yeah, the context of what was going on before it all started, I guess lands why it might be worst case scenarios. And also best case, I was um, in the relationship that I had dreamed of being in for like three years with the man that I knew was going to be my baby daddy and had been like, yeah, just from like day one, you're my best friend. I'm in love with you. Let's go. Mm-hmm. But we'd only really started dating in the six months before the, yeah, before the conception and in the moment where it was all coming, coming to light, it was actually yeah, a bit of an intense moment for us, but it was also a really intense moment because it was this time last year and that was when New South Wales, all the floods hit and it was like when a flooding and it was Shivratri, which is like the time of like big destruction and washing through and clearing out Mm. and our house. I just moved back in with my family after coming back from the Blue Mountains and it was just like everything got taken away on this water and I'd flown to Sydney like a, maybe two weeks after that to visit him. Mm. We lived there at that time and we found out I just had this feeling like there was so much going on but I was like there's something really big moving inside me and I wasn't even keeping track of my cycle at that time I was just like everything was just too big and up in the air and it was like this real like what is going on and yeah we're we were pregnant at that point so that was the context it was like <laughs> everything was falling falling apart in a certain way mm, what a crazy um point in in life <laughs> for those people for you living in the northern rivers and I've seen that it's just yeah been a year um since all those floods I can't imagine what's coming up for you and for people around everything that happened a year ago and I guess you have an added element to that story with being pregnant at that time Uh, yeah it was a lot of elements moving at the same time for sure um so you'd known this person for it sounds like you'd known him for a while or there was a a really deep connection there would you like to speak more to a bit of that Mm, yeah it was um yeah we met three years before that time, so four years ago now, um, doing rewilding work in the South Coast with our mentors down there. And um, yeah, it was just like this, Mm -hmm. wow, person here, and you're the youngest person here, and you're really cool, and you're really cool. And we just like formed this (laughs) separable friendship for, yeah, over three years of just like really getting to know each other and living in different places, but just like holding this really beautiful connection. And then we ended up doing a vision quest together, which is a really big part of, yeah, my practice and my life, the, that questing space. Um, yeah, now three years ago, or not now two years ago that was. And yeah, that kind of just solidified things. And we just had this really beautiful connection open, which is why it was just like so crazy being down there right after right after the um finding out about the pregnancy and moving house and like all of these crazy things unfolding and um being between homes and needing to organize to have a procedure but being like you know what I need space from all of this crazy I need to actually go back down south and be on country and um be in vision quest space and just like actually have a break and 
it was amazing because at that time our mentors were holding another holding another quest space but just for women and I was like whoa what's this gonna be like to go there without you and in that time it had kind of been like he was so willing and present to hold me through that process and to be really there and to be really supportive and loving but it had just made it really clear being confronted with that question of like do we have a baby right now or not like what what is this um yeah uh that it was kind of like yeah well our pods actually aren't prepared for that yet they really aren't ready for that you're not ready to be a dad and like I was sitting with like am I ready to be a mom am I ready to actually hold like a little life and it was just this big question marks and for him it really came up as like a big no and for me it was like a really big unknown so I took myself mm-hmm. out like I need to find out if you're the right person if this is the right thing if any of this is yeah if any of this is true so yeah I did that and then got to dance it on country in the wilderness with other women around fires for like eight days which was such a such a blessing to have that time out of time to just like mm-hmm. find it yeah, without that, I think I would have been really even more spun by it all. Yeah. Mm, for sure. Um, you said it was a, a really big no for him. So I guess what's coming up for me is, had you thought about having children at all? And had you and this partner of yours um, talked about kids at all or um, contraception or what might happen in that scenario? Yeah. Um... <laughs> um I remember the moment where I um yeah I just kind of realized it was like yeah two a year and a half into our friendship whatever we were sitting around a fire with some friends and I just kind of like told him I was like yeah you're you're in my 10-year plan and he was like you have a 10-year plan in my 10-year plan we've got about five years more friendship and then it gets pretty serious and delicious and then we make Three delicious movies and have a piece of land and it's fucking epic. <laughs> okay, I'm excited. Let's see how life plays this all out. I'm, I'm down. I was like, great, awesome. Um, and I feel like that in itself was a really big seeding of that being possible because I've had unprotected or riskier experiences um, in intimacy with men before where I probably should have become pregnant and didn't but I really feel that because I was so open and had so internally like yeah that's the man that I'm gonna make the babies with that that was just like oh now there's Mm. there that's that's the plan so let's do it and the Mm. memory in five to ten years time didn't quite (laughs) make it into the womb space (laughs) in the future maybe (laughs) that was what they heard (laughs) maybe a year from now let's see (laughs) yeah so yeah we had talked about that and yeah I'll be honest in that as well like our contraception wasn't great it was slightly reliant on the old slightly untrustworthy pull-out method so Hmm. I was doing my best at the time with like tracking my cycle and trying to be on top of it like that um yeah and I wasn't doing a great job like I wasn't actually measuring my temperature every day I was like you know like measuring but not very well and a lot more even mm. though I'm not I'm 
very much onto measuring my my cycle at, at the moment which is one of the blessings but yeah so we were just kind of saying like we're good it was gonna be fine and it wasn't at, at some point yeah and had you ever um yeah I guess abortion something that often we think about in like a very general sense or you see it on the news and blah 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 but did you ever have any thoughts about it prior to falling pregnant or did you have a sense of um yeah I guess any strong opinions on it or feeling what you might do if you were in that situation Mm. yeah I thinking back I think there was always an awareness that there was quite a social stigma around it or perhaps that there was like it wasn't in my field and all of my friends were like yeah you mean like your body your choice do what is true for you but I mm-hmm. think that not being sure as well like I wasn't sure at the time if it was even legal or possible in Australia in general or in my mm-hmm. state what that looked like and just realizing how much more education and awareness um, and availability was kind of needed in that realm as well and having to do all of that research um, myself which is totally fine but I really felt like there was no resource or support in terms of a plan b in that way so yeah that was an investigation for me and in terms of whether I would I kind of I, I had a sense and I had a knowing that if it needed to needed to be done that I would that I would do that but I didn't know what that would actually look like and yeah looking back now yeah I just realized how not aware of the whole process I was yeah Mm. Mm. I really want to dive into you going away and dancing with eight (laughs) dancing with women for eight days um but before we get there, how did you find out that you were pregnant? Yeah, I just, I mean, <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, another, like, classic moment of it was Valentine's Day and he had flown oh. up <laughs> and we had beautiful, yeah, really stunning week together in Byron Heaven and just floating around and having a lot of delicious sex and it was like the last day he was like about to leave and we were just like in this really yummy like polarity attraction moment and it was like okay I have to take you to the airport in like two hours and like these are our like goodbyes and it was just like yeah very delicious very passionate very uh, on the kitchen counter kind of (laughs) (laughs) kind of moment and it was just the most like orgasmic penetration I'd experienced up until that point and it just Mm. lasted both of our worlds open and we just kind of looked at each other after we'd both finished and we're just like yeah if there was ever baby making sex that would be baby making sex (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're like okay definitely like doesn't matter that the condom involved doesn't matter like go to the shops and get the get the pill like just (laughs) that that needed to happen um yeah and then after that I took him to the airport and I went to the pharmacy and I got the pill and then there is this like hour-long break in my memory even like directly Mm -hmm. afterwards blank space where I don't have any idea if I actually took it or not like Mm -hmm. um and I went to the beach and I wrote this like poem that just like 
slid out of my soul and was just like reading it it was like this journey into the birth canal and back into like the liminal space between being on earth and being elsewhere and just like this cocoon that was already starting to weave itself inside of me before mm-hmm. I it was just this full like there's the mother there's the womb that's the transmission um yeah and I kind of kind of knew then I was like oh <laughs> something's going down and then it took yeah I think I mean it was like a week and a half two weeks after that that the floods hit and it all got a bit crazy so my awareness was definitely elsewhere but even through that I was like there's definitely something going I hadn't yet missed a period but I was like there's yeah I think I don't know I don't know if this is the experience of other women but I think you just kind of know if you're listening at all you just kind of know yeah (laughs) so then like actually doing the pregnancy test was like backup verification and like a bit of a kachunk both of us lying on like the kitchen floor looking up at the fan being like yep that's what's happening now (laughs) Mm, yes I definitely relate to that sense of sometimes you just know Mm. so there's definitely a knowing somewhere in in the body (laughs) (laughs) so you did the test with him yeah 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 we did that together and that was really yeah it was really sweet actually like (laughs) after like the initial like shock kind of wore up he was like do you want to be held like a baby like I want to be held like a baby and then like kind of held me like while I had a little cry and just like was like what even is life right now and then after a while I was like do you want to be held like a baby and he was like yep and then I held him like (laughs) we're just kind of like yep riding out the wave of that initial just like wow this is I don't know just really that feeling of like wow this is one of those life-changing moments where there's a before and after like Mm. really after kind of feeling and then Mm. next day it was just like yeah that really clear ripping off of a reality because I guess during like all of that we were kind of in the process of being like are we moving in together are we moving up or down the coast? And then finally being like, yeah, all right, now I don't have a house anymore. And my mattress has been mm. washed. You've got a mattress. I've got a bed frame. Let's put them together in a house somewhere. And mm. then that just made it really like clear that what we actually needed was to not move in together and to probably not have a baby together and to probably not really even be together. <laughs> <laughs> whole world crumbling kind of day and then having to get back on a plane to fly back to my home living at a friend's place out of boxes of my stuff and my family's stuff and my great grandma's stuff and the stuff salvaged from a garage full of like three generations full of memorabilia just being like yeah like looking at my baby photos alongside my grandma's baby photos alongside my like great grandfather's chest of drawers like you know like it was just one of those like liminal spaces time in between time where the metaphor symbol of water and the river has just wiped through an entire reality yeah Mm, wow (laughs) there was a lot going on there (laughs) that was like and it was funny because it was like I was like you know like in the process of being like yeah 
you know the hero's journey kind of like thing where it's like you mm-hmm. start a place and then some big life-changing event happens and you end up going on this like gradual descent down to like a really bottom place where it's like rock bottom or in Nadir and then you start to go up I was like this has got to be the rock bottom place <laughs> was it the It was the false bottom. (laughs) There was a hole in that bucket and it led even deeper down. (laughs) But even in the last, like, yeah, there was, there was laughter and it also is incongruent because it was like, yeah, really deep grief. It was like getting, suddenly being forced to confront so many feelings that actually are really uncomfortable. Like, grief is not a comfortable place to be and letting go and trusting the eventual flow and unfolding of life is like actually some of the most terrifying shit we do and it was like okay well I not like how do I crumble into this and melt into this and not let it destroy me how do I surrender so deeply to grieving this entire reality that I'd been building inside of me literally physically building inside of me how do I grieve that and let my body open to that grieving process and not succumb to wanting to end it all or something like that you know like how do I feel this and not drown in it yeah well that kind of leads to yeah not drowning in it took me to to go down it because it was like I felt so supported by my mom she was such a pillar and so loving and just like there and present but um yeah it was really like I needed the support of a village of women which we so rarely get in our society even when we have sisters that love us and yeah people that are there for us it was like okay I need to be sitting on the earth for like days and just feeling this and getting to getting to go out there really gave me that and even though yeah I remember this one moment that just really wants to come is like we were sitting out on the fire and we we're having a sharing circle and there was one of the women there who was trying to conceive and she was like you know had already become a really sweet friend and had so much love for her and she was talking about yeah being in this like visioning space because we were there and spent two days out on the land and like a bush vigil and then come back and one of the women was like wow it's just so powerful that in this space that you're in of like being in the conception portal that you're out here doing this work and I'd just been so numb for a couple of days just like finally having the space to process and not being able to feel just being so like contracted and hearing her speak those words to the woman sitting next to me it just like just like just cracked everything open inside me and I got to have this really big beautiful cry and just like was sobbing and I hadn't told any of the women yet that I was pregnant and just like I was just wailing like a baby and I couldn't stop it and I was like kind of embarrassed and then Jay my mentor was just like just so good like you just have this moment we're all here holding you like that's what the basket is for and I just cried and cried and then when I could finally speak again I was like yeah I'm there, but it's not the same because I'm, you know, going to be like sacrificing this potential for life so that I can live a different life. And mm. she just, just held that. And I really got to feel like how that 
sacrificing in a non-weird way is like making sacred as well like I was really choosing to let go of an entire path to pick one that was more true for where I am at this point in my life and that that sacrifice makes sacred and then to actually be able to have to show up for the life that I'm living so that that sacrifice wasn't for nothing mm-hmm. mm. I feel that thank you for sharing that that's beautiful <laughs> It's, it's a huge piece because it's so true it's like we we make all these choices all the time in our lives of like you know which path do I take which path do I take saying no saying yes but it's like when that no and yes has such an impact on yeah I mean choosing to bring a child into this world is like the biggest choice I, I believe we kind of make like you're then literally soul bound to another human being for at least 20 years you know mm-hmm. like rest of your lives really but like in this deep relationship and this deep choosing and recommitting over and over again to this to this to this path that's like unless you're ready and willing and wanting so deeply wanting to make that commitment it's like may as well commit to something else you're willing to actually commit that deeply to Mm. and like a call in of like hey like if you had to make that commitment to something that's not a baby right now, what would you be making that commitment to? Because you're going to spend 18 years of your life like that anyway. You know, we're going to be in our 50s like before we know it. <laughs> like, how do you want to do that? How do you want to do that? Mm. And so um, when when you were sitting out there in the bush, you know, with your women and just connecting to yourself and being in this process, was there any element of flip-flopping with your decision or were you when you went there from having that conversation with your partner you were both pretty sure of what the outcome was going to be yeah well I mean being being out there being a big part of like the vigil or vision quest space is that you're you're fasting so while you're out in the wilderness by yourself you're not eating so you're very liminal and it's almost like if you've ever taken an entheogen or a psychedelic it's almost that feeling of like time and space and reality starts to warp a bit and there were moments where I was really like in this place inside myself where everything felt a bit like a a fantasy story of some kind and I was like witnessing these moments with my daughter like you know playing and playing in the forest and like singing songs to each other and just like having this like really beautiful unfolding which was like you know the kind of the reality I guess I saw for me and that partner and our kids in that perfect little reality that I carved out for us um and I was seeing that but I wasn't seeing it perfect anymore I was just seeing it like me and her doing our thing and whatever Mm. shape that took I was like you can you don't have to be a part of it like it can just be me and her and my family and my friends and my community and my world Mm. and that was really attractive for a hot minute so you know like wow I could Mm. just we could just do these fun dances together and you could teach me about what it's like to be a child again and I can teach you about what it's like to be I don't know crazy beautiful earth child lady living in this wonderful wild reality that's so close to the earth and I just I long I long so deeply to raise a child in that way and to see what would happen for both of us when we're 
you know, like when, when when mom and baby and like, yes, like, of course there was a flip-flopping. There was such a desire there, such a longing. Mm. And I was like ready for it. I was pulsing with life force. I was like so erotically charged and so just charged with life. Like mama nature coming through, like let's make a baby out of you. <laughs> but of course. Um, hmm. And it was just so clear at the same time that it was just like not now not here like I still really deeply see maybe I don't know if this is story narrative times that I really I really see like my babies being able to play in trees that I planted with their placentas when they were born you know like I really see that that they get to grow mm. to country and I don't have that yet I don't have that, but I will. And whether or not that's with a man, that's okay. It's going to be what I'm going to, what I'm going to live into. So, uh, and it was like that opportunity then to like, yeah, be with the portal that opens both ways. That, again, that, that grief and that gratitude for being in that experience and knowing it would be over. Because I don't know how you felt about it, but being pregnant was at least the first like, weeks of it was so yummy like it was so good I was like this mm. is this is I could I could live like this this is like constant ovulation <laughs> mm. yeah um definitely felt that way apart until the nausea started to kick in a little bit and then I was like <laughs> yeah so what happened for you once you came back from being at bush um mm. I'm not sure where sounds like you were in Sydney at the time yeah. is that where you accessed care yeah no so after so that was in the south coast around Jarvis Bay but inland and then I came back up here to the northern rivers and accessed care name disclosure <laughs> Mary Stokes um they're they're dope um yeah. yeah went through then when I came back up and I was really really called to do a medical termination instead of a surgical termination which felt really yeah like I'd be able to hold myself in that process a lot better being in my own home and just yeah moving through the whole thing with myself and I was really lucky that I was within the window where that was still an option so I got yeah. the and yeah it makes me a little bit nauseous <laughs> thinking about it actually it was like yeah just um going into that process and really carving out that 48 hours to take the first round and then taking the second like again I can only relate it to just like really intense inner inner journey experience of just like the nausea that set on and the intensity of the physical pain and just like being doubled over in kind of agony and having to put a playlist on that was like you know like just allowed me to to move and to kind of dance it a little bit because if I was sitting or lying I was like a ball of contraction and as soon as I'd start moving I'd actually feel it yeah opening up the space inside for the process to start and it was maybe like half an hour of like really intense pain and then it was like I just <laughs> cracked open and it was just like this beautiful bloodbath for one of better more eloquent term it was yeah it was just like wow I am fully just releasing a, a baby right now and that was kind of 
the most primal and viscerally like natural but also freaky thing I'd ever seen I was just like sitting in front of my my altar my terminal space and just like had a candle lit and it's just like massaging my body and just yeah kind of bleeding into period underwear and bowl and another bowl and this thing and mats all over the place and just Mm. like yeah really holding this ceremony of just like wow I could really feel how much our ancestors had always been capable of of doing that for themselves and of holding this process of yeah it felt like setting up for a birth you know like setting a space with beautiful Mm. smell and everything to protect um the ground and had a splash blanket trademark rosie reese the only pleasure palace <laughs> yeah like, rosie <laughs> rosie um <laughs> blanket set up it was just like yeah really I was, it was really lush but really like full-on but it was yeah it was really powerful to just feel the way that a spirit create a a sense of something greater was just moving within me and moving within that space and I felt Mm. this sense of like fuck did I just really mess up like am I letting something so precious and so right go right now Mm. but uh, did I just do that and then this just like overwhelming sense of love and compassion and just like deep forgiveness and understanding and it was almost like I could see that like fractal essence of what would have been a baby just like holding me with so much love and it was like we stepped into this portal together and I could feel all of the ways that all of the ways that we would weave together regardless of physical life or not, all the ways that she would teach me through little like signs, <laughs> little butterflies moving that she would hold me, that I would hold her. And I could feel the way that more than even feel it. I could see the way that my great, 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 great grandmother had chosen me in this moment to come through and be a baby and I could see the way that she was so forgiving of the fact that I wasn't ready and I was just like it's okay I'll teach you how to be a woman in other ways I'll hold you in other ways I'll love you in other ways and I'll be back when you're ready it was just like this unconditional Mm -hmm. no you're so loved and however you choose whatever you choose you're so loved and your ancestors and your descendants are just like hanging out in hyperspace loving you so much they're just like all here just hanging out all around you and you will have infinite opportunities to bring them outside and you don't have to say yes every time you probably couldn't like I have I know women who have had like five six abortions in their life you know like you can't bring every single one this side Mm. Mm. (laughs) I don't know if you can see but I'm crying (laughs) (laughs) I'm coughing (laughs) thank goodness for the mute button for coughs um no that's so beautiful thank you for sharing that that's yeah it's just a testament to that space as 
that was one of your births Mm. and you were in that portal together just like if you had birthed a live baby you and that baby were in it together and you weren't alone and you know yeah supported by all your ancestors and all the women that had come before you and all the people that come after you if you choose and yeah it's just such a special space and it's beautiful to hear it be honored as birth um Mm. yeah and for you to share that so thank you um and I assume you were alone (laughs) not metaphysically but like in actual reality were you you with um your partner or any friends or housemates at all in the house at the time yeah no so I was I was still with my family at that time which was really beautiful to be Mm. my mom and my dad were actually just like a phone call away they weren't physically in the house while that was happening but they were close by and I was really yeah taken care of like my mom got home from work that night she made me chicken soup and it was just such a beautiful yeah bonding moment to know that because we really like we have such a beautiful relationship we we go dancing together and we go to events together just like really sharing with her and feeling that piece of like yeah our great grandmas love us and our grandbaby it's so special like every generation just gets to be more and more filled with love because we are more and more filled with love and yeah, be able to share that um and then to be able to share it with um with my partner at the time well <laughs> somewhere between partner and ex-partner dear love dear friend dear human mm. he, the weekend maybe like four days after that and that was his last time up here mm. and we the ceremony where we took the or part of yeah part of the early part of the placenta part of the early birth process and we took her out to this land that is so dear to me and is owned by dear dear uncle um yeah we got to to make to make sacred by burying her in this place that I now facilitate workshops in you Mm. know where her seed landed is like now where I get to where I get to honor that choice that I made every Saturday I get to hold space there I get to hold hearts there I get to hold unfolding there it's like yeah see I'm I'm showing up I'm here for this I'm really not making light of of what I chose I'm really choosing this over and over again yeah and getting to do that with him and getting to hold that for both Mm -hmm. of us our lines, our lineages, and being like, yeah, we honor you. We see you. We mm. love you. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm. So did that, I guess to me, it sounds like that was a bit of closure for your relationship as well. Is that is that a right assumption? Yeah, it was kind of the closing of our relationship. It was... Um, I went down on one more road trip to the South Coast just for fun. Um, I had some time off work, so I went on a big trip. Um, Yeah, and I saw him one more time, but that was just like the last kind of letting go, which was really beautiful to see how hearts can disentangle in so much love and to know that the friendship and the foundation of our relationship 
will always be there, even in the moments where it's hard for us to physically be in contact or to be, yeah, for our hearts to be relating. Because there's always that love, but it's like, okay, just we got mm. to really in her and then have a few months, quite a few months now, of just like integrating into our own lives and really choosing our own paths and not flip-flopping on that because I could feel for both of us that if we stayed in close contact the way that we kind of wanted to, that it would lead to us kind of, you know, should we, shouldn't we, how do we, could we? It's like, no, let's just let this, let's let this leg of our relationship die in the way that it's been so that something new can be reborn when the time is right. So we did that and that felt like really good closure. And then the bleeding started. Where on that road trip, I just ended up like in all of my favorite places across New South Wales and Southeast Queensland. And I was just bleeding buckets, like buckets. Mm. Of, and by that, I mean like <laughs> so funny. I was like on the Zoom meeting, like sitting in my car, sitting in my van, and just um, for, for uni, because I was, I was studying transpersonal counseling and art therapy this whole time which was really like such a big pillar of how all of that was held together and was on this call and sitting there and I just started like hemorrhaging and it was like oh this mm. isn't this isn't great like I'm wearing a tampon I've got a pad on and I'm still hemorrhaging all over my car like what is this mm. um and so how long that- was that sorry to interrupt how long was that after your abortion process yeah, it was probably two, it was two cycles later. So yeah, nearly two months. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was, and it was only two weeks after, oh, it was probably six weeks and it was two weeks after like the first bleed that I'd had after the termination. Yeah. And then it was pretty much like that every two and a half, three weeks for a good four cycles. So nearly two and a half months two and a half to three months of bleeding like that and during that time doing like talking to the folks at Mary Stopes and I ended up getting put in with a doctor whose name was Tara and I only say that because it was hilarious that we were both Tara and (laughs) it'd be like how you doing Tara I'm like yeah could be better Tara help (laughs) the hell's going on um so we did like yeah a bunch of deeper diving and it was like June late June July by this point so we'd well and truly moved from all of like that beautiful harvest energy of like you know plants going back to the ground and fruit ripening and falling and all of that beautiful symbology that was really there during the um, termination process to just like this really depth of winter energy I was like okay surely we're to the bottom now like this is not to be nearly it and it was just like, yeah, they couldn't figure out what was going on because the, um, so I did, on their recommendation, I did a bunch of um, different ultrasounds, internal and external, yeah. if there was any retained product or what was going on. Yeah. And on the ultrasounds, that there was anything. So their next kind of suggestion was like, well, maybe you just have cancer. And this is just like, it's like, revealed the fact that you have some form of early onset cancer maybe we need to do some like cervical cervical scanning Mm. that and that came back negative 
which was really great because I was like having cancer like was suddenly just like fuck what a (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't have been great (laughs) right so I didn't have cancer which was really great so then I did another internal ultrasound and this time it showed up that there was in fact a little bit of product still lodged inside of my uterus Mm -hmm. and body was having these crazy bleeds because it was like maybe a cup like four cups which is like I think three no it was like it was like six cups which was like three um maxi pads in Mm. night or in a day you know like I'd have to do like six in a 24-hour cycle for like a week weeks each time by cups you mean like a menstrual cup yeah. Okay. Because my first thought was like a measuring cup. I was like, "That's like a liter," and that sounds very, very terrible. No, that that would be deadly. Yeah. No, it was. Um... <laughs> mm. Well, it's still a lot of bleeding. That um, that must have been a little bit scary and yeah, confusing and um, a big process, obviously, as you work through that. It was definitely a big process. But um, yeah, and also just like physically already being a woman and we have like low iron and low blood pressure as like a species and then suddenly to be like, wow, now my iron count must be ridiculously low. So in the middle of like trying to go out of me, I have to figure out how to keep me from not like passing out every time I stand up. So that was like an interesting juggling act. And then finally the, yeah, so the, when the scans came back saying that there was this retained product, I was like, well, that means that I need to have a second abortion essentially to mm. be able to out which was just like yeah I remember the moment where she called me and I was like at work and was like one of my my work outside of the transpersonal counseling and art therapy space mm. is this really beautiful job I have cleaning and supporting this family and I was just like no one's home and I picked up the phone and was all like in a good mood and I just like yeah again kitchen floor just crumbled Mm. and such a big like whoa this was what I wanted to avoid this whole time was having to go and have like an actual surgical procedure and now I'm Mm -hmm. now that's where I'm headed because there's not really another option yeah so did they um that was essentially like the option presented was to have a a dnc like surgical abortion yeah well that or potentially waited out but the implications of that already having been at this point three and a half months with some retained matter was like could develop a really intense infection potentially and it's actually kind of a miracle that you don't have a really intense infection which could require like a what's it called and they it's not a vasectomy when they like literally take out your womb and ovaries a um oh a hysterectomy Yeah. yeah so like I mean, you could let it naturally play out and it might be fine, but you could also just end up having to get a hysterectomy and not have kids. So it was like, you can deal with it or you yeah. cannot find either way, but you also could be really bad either way. Yeah. And so how was that process for you? What happened there? Well, yeah, going into it, it was, well, yeah, went went up to Brisbane, which was like a really, it was, kind of comedy in a certain way just like the amount of medical establishments I'd been in over that time then and just like how many people have been poking around my womb and just being like this is yeah it was really yeah it was a lot but then being there was like 
It was freaking hilarious because I was just sitting in the waiting room because for some reason, and no one has been able to explain this to me yet, in abortion clinics, you have to sit there for like eight hours. Like it's your whole day. You don't just get to walk in and have the procedure and walk out. It's like you go in and you know this as the nurse mm-hmm. of the nurse. And then there's someone who changes you. And then there's someone who explains it to you. And then you wait and then you wait and then you wait. And then you talk to the doctor and then you wait and you wait and you wait. Finally get to have the procedure. And then you wait like another hour until you're recovered. <laughs> yeah. A it's lot like, of waiting. <laughs> and I, I fully get it, but it's also, it was really funny. But, um, and, um, question. So during all of this care, you were talking to Marie Stopes and whatnot. You're in the Northern Rivers. Were you going to Brisbane for care every time? I'm not sure how close they are, but was there any um, services available to you in the section of the Northern Rivers that you were in or was that the closest facility? That was the closest. That is the closest facility. I think the other one is in Sydney and then Melbourne and it's just the big cities. Um, I, okay. I um of Mary Stopes at least um I was just getting the ultrasounds and the care that I was getting done was through my local GP and through our yeah the North Coast Radiology so just like general radiology center yeah um, okay. yeah if there's any um I wonder if there's any GPs in the area that do medication abortions in the Northern mm-hmm. Rivers wonder I'm not sure how that, yeah, I'd be curious to find that out, actually. I just went straight to, I guess, the most, um, the least dodgy, most professional sounding body that I could find. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my kind of, my kind of thought. But yeah, it was interesting because they were, through the process, they were offering me a lot of support in terms of counselling, which was really sweet. Like, mm. the, the The care that was there, like, if you need, counseling support if you need a group if you need these things like we got you and just like the irony of being on the phone and like having a breakdown being like I don't need a therapist I am a therapist <laughs> yeah it's all right. I hear you and therapists need the most therapy I'm like I know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so it was it was good I actually did access a counselor through them and that was really great and then they offered me a job as a counselor through them and it was yeah it was interesting I um really feel like the desire and have worked now with a couple of different women um along their journey and that mm-hmm. process counseling space and I feel like doing it privately um yeah is more where I'm at right now but I also see mm-hmm. such an organization like that and I've asked them like you know if you want if you want to refer me to if you want to refer people to me I'm so happy to work with them and I also I do a lot of free work for women who have um, been through this process like I don't I don't charge women in abortion stories that's mm. really areas of wanting to give back to communities to yeah young women who are moving through rites of passage and to women who are moving through this rite of passage because it's a rite of passage it's like birth is a rite of passage and birthing death is a rite of passage wombs work mm. both get to honor and celebrate them because they work both ways yeah 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 definitely a rite of passage (laughs) it's definitely a birth so yeah that's really beautiful yeah huge birth huge rebirth um but yeah that final stage of that rebirth process sitting in the in the clinic in that space I was like how can I make this the most like enjoyable experience possible since I have to be here for eight hours Mm. so 
headphones and my music and my journal. And again, the same freaking same blanket, got my splash blankie everywhere all the time. <laughs> Rosie Reese. What's the name? Rosie Reese. If you want to sponsor this podcast, feel free. <laughs> Literally, come on in. Um, yeah. So it was just like, it was really interesting because I was just there, like, you know, like moving and being in my body and like sitting in front of my chair on the ground instead of in the chair and just like giving my body as much opportunity to process what was happening to it as possible instead of mm. it or to pretend I wasn't there. And it was interesting because I was just like observing some of the other women in the space who were, um, you know, like obviously so fine reading a book, being on their phone or trying to in some way distract themselves from the reality of the situation. And it was interesting because like the longer that we all sat together in that space, the more I noticed that people were putting their phones down and like dropping the book for a moment and just like actually staring at a wall and contemplating like what we were in in that moment. Mm to like go through these big moments in our lives and to just kind of not really be there like okay I have to go into the room now into the surgery I'll put down the phone and then get knocked out but it's like I don't know I think the body really needs that time before and after of our presence to actually figure out what's happening for it and maybe it's not actually available in that moment that we have the capacity but then afterwards like going back and being like yeah, maybe I do need to journal about that experience or maybe I do need to go for a walk and just like let myself think about it and not distract myself by getting on a phone with phone call with a friend, you know, like having those moments of isolated contemplation where then we get to seek connection from a place of actually having checked in with ourselves and then checking in with another person. Mm. It's so interesting to think about the um, the waiting room of abortion clinics because even if it's not a, a designated or, I mean, it's a held space and designated place in one way, but it's not necessarily like a, you know, like a, a church or a, a women's circle or a yoga studio or a place, you know, where you're going to a women's circle, sitting with a circle of women, but you are sitting with a circle of women about to go through this process. And I guess what I'm hearing in your story is that by giving yourself permission to be who you were in that moment and doing what you wanted to do and needed to do for yourself. You gave other people permission to also check in with themselves because going into those places can be really scary and confronting and you're really vulnerable. And yeah, just by, by seeing you be in yourself and doing that, you gave other people that permission to check in with themselves too. And in whatever capacity that was, maybe it was for a moment, but I'm sure that they would have remembered that as they walked away from that situation. Mm. Mm. Hope so. Just yeah. oh, like <laughs> that little like fuck, what is happening right now? Okay, at least I'm in it with you. At least we're in mm. it. We're so far apart. We're in it together. Mm. Yeah. And then it was actually profound. Like it was such a weird experience to get knocked out by the yeah by the chemicals but then as I was coming back it was like lying on that gurney it was just like I actually felt the process of being reborn like it was so funny to feel so in ecstasy and so just light and tingly and just in rapture for the purity of like having disappeared from consciousness off the face of the earth 
and then to be coming back into this body and into this time and like feeling my body waking up again as I was like re-entering it and I was giggling and I wish I wish I'd been able to record what I was saying because I was just like laughing like softly just like giggling to myself and like talking and the nurses were like around me and just kind of like what is going on <laughs> but it's just like yeah it was it was so so weird to have such a simple but profound experience in such a yeah such a context of bright lights hospital waiting room kind of environment mm. yeah <clears throat> mm. drugs <laughs> Big drugs crossing through monsters. <laughs> mm. Um. Well, I guess what I'm wondering about now is, um, that was a few months post your abortion or the end of your your physical process. But in the, and I guess I'm I'm more inclined to ask about that. It's only been a year for you, but in the nine months mm. of that period or the year that's passed, um, what has come up for you? around this process and how have you it sounds like you've got some really great tools um, that you've been able to use to integrate your experience whether or not you've used them <laughs> um, so yeah would you like to speak a bit more about your integration process um, and then I've got a few other questions I want to ask but let's start with that one okay I will try and be succinct with that because my brain goes oh yeah girl oh yeah it's go for it <laughs> craziest nine months um yeah okay that was all coming together around the end the middle of July and after that I, I had a, a iron infusion which was really epic on the physiological level to just re-embrace my body with um new iron new blood and that plus like the turning of the year and like actually all happening on the winter solstice just like propelled that process of healing so deeply I believe mm -hmm. um and I just dived so deep with my womb it was like I think the biggest blessing in that whole invitation to really get to know my body at a much deeper level like I thought I was tapped in or I had an idea before and I definitely did for where I was at at that point but to get to to presence with my body and with my womb on a daily basis after that like such a fundamental part of my life now is just like okay breathing into that space what does it feel like inside my belly right now am mm -hmm. I can is it tight or is there a softness there and getting to just like all right if there is tightness getting to relax the perineum getting to relax like the vaginal muscles getting to just really soften like floppy flappy pussy energy <laughs> flappy flaps like that's that's where it's at just letting everything go letting everything loose letting all that like traumatized energy letting all of that intensity just like soften by consciously consistently letting it be so letting it be soft mm. that's been such a big part of the journey and getting to form new relationship getting to write stories from my womb and stories from my pussy just like sitting down with pen and paper and being like, what do you have to say to me today? And sometimes it's beautiful messages of wisdom that come straight from creator. And it's like, mama, like mama guy is talking through me. And sometimes it's like, bitch, you ain't fucking listening. I said, eat a steak. I'm going to bleed in like a week. I need some steak. Stop putting your vegetarian idealism in front of my needs and desires. And it's mm -hmm. like, 
that was really that was really opinionated you can tell she has something to say right now (laughs) (laughs) that's like yeah the breadth and scope of like okay now we're doing that and we're listening and yeah I started seed cycling and like trying to like support my hormones to come into more alignment and then just like this big piece of learning to really listen learning to really listen to her and to get out of the way and shut the fuck up and just let her actually lead my life like how often do we realize that our womb or our hara or dantian or whatever you want to call it this like space in between our like two inches above the tailbone and then the womb is like that's the center of our body Mm. like I think my center was like my chest or like up here but it's like no that that's the center gravitational point of my body how much of our lives do we like live led by that space Mm. and that invitation that I got was like live from your hips which doesn't mean like live from your dick or live from your pussy and let that guide your entire (laughs) calorie but it means like live from your hips let your hips do the guiding let that space of of wisdom of knowing and of just like intergenerational wisdom lead the way um hmm yeah, which has led, which has looked like being supported by so many incredible women in the Shire and their incredible healing hands with womb massage and womb hara and just like incredible de-armoring and softening of the womb and pelvic bowl and yeah, even receiving like internal massage, which was something that I hadn't really conceptualized of before, but receiving like really gentle, beautiful touch with a non-sexual orientation to purely de-armor and release pent-up emotion and sensation and contraction within the actual vaginal canal is like huge, huge, um, huge healing. Mm-hmm. And for so many, for so many women, if we can open our our minds and our hearts and our pussies to not just purely being um sexualized like they are sexual organs but they don't need to be sexualized we can experience Mm. healing we can experience eros we can experience love through our wombs through our pussies without it having to be about orgasming or sex you know like this just like really primal energy of actually creation like what moves through our this space is, is is innate eros and it's innocent and it's beautiful and it's our life force and like now it's it's so beautiful to feel just like how much more live and radiant and vibrant I feel as a woman and just like as a person with a womb and just like as a human being that I can be even in the moments where I'm bleeding or where I'm ovulating wherever I am in my cycle it's like I feel so much more connected to creation it's like mm-hmm. whether of being pregnant and and being in that early birth portal or if that's the ongoing commitment to showing up to actually listen to my body and like listen to my womb and live from that space something's working something's happening Mm -hmm. Mm. beautiful reflections (laughs) sounds very juicy (laughs) very juicy very yummy Mm. is there anything else i guess um sounds like you've touched on lots of different ways that you were able to support yourself by 
connecting with your body and also asking other people to help support your body like in um, practitioner relationships and whatnot. Um, did you have anything come up around the nine month mark, the due date of that pregnancy or did it fly by? Um, yeah. I love your questions. They actually just like hit like perfectly like on the nail of like what I would love to yeah talk about. So thank you for <laughs> um yeah that was a big moment because it was uh in the days leading like I guess that week of the due date in the days leading up to it it was that November it was like the November Scorpio full moon eclipse full blood moon eclipse situation it was like that week and I was like huh (laughs) this is also would have been like mine and my partner's one year anniversary if we'd still been together and it would have been like all the things at once and it was just like this Mm -hmm. is big juju and I was like (laughs) kind of like also like can you imagine like the life that I would have if I had to like bring in a child on like the freaking lunar like Scorpio full moon lunar eclipse blood moon situation like that is one big (laughs) big juju (laughs) um yeah it was really in some ways really deeply moving like I had a lot of different layers of just not grief as in sadness but grief just as in like body shedding releasing even more story and even more pent-up sensation you know like just Mm. going for a walk and suddenly being like in tears and swimming in the ocean and just like feeling that being washed away or driving in my car and listening to like some headbanging song and suddenly just being like yelling out the window and just being like there was just like a lot of like kinetic energy and movement Mm. happening being like this is a wave yeah one of the practices that really has like landed and fucking saved me transformed me changed me has been the five rhythms practice and that's another thing that the mentors down south Gigi fucking shout out to Gigi we love you um very wild and crew down there that they're really big on and that's changed my life is the five rhythms piece that's the wave it's like this wave of energy that moves through us that moves through all of creation that's like soft and gentle and then you know moves like a wave it gets up to that boiling point and then it bursts over and it gets all white and frothy and like turns everything up and yeah that full Mm -hmm. moment that was definitely a big wave moment but then it was fascinating because the actual night like I felt like stepping back into that birth portal almost that I had been in Mm -hmm prior and with that piece well actually it was seven and a half months prior but yeah that lineup with those portals it was like just the stillness at the center of the hurricane as well like it was just so peaceful and like the moon was going red and I was just like sitting here and I was just like hmm everything is exactly as it should be it was just like that knowing was just so loud. It was like everything is exactly as it should be. Everything that is happening is happening for me. God, creator, source, the simple essence of being here right now has entirely got my back and I'm so provided for. And it was just that feeling of, yeah, like almost like I didn't do anything. 
like I didn't make any of those choices I was just like being made through and for me and of course I have free will and of course I make those choices for myself but it was just like of course it unfolded exactly as it has because it was never going to happen any other way Mm. yeah that was kind of what was there for me it has now been pretty much a full year since your abortion happened would you like to run us through anything extra that you'd like to say about, yeah, your processing in this last year and, yeah, what that's been like for you? Mm. Yeah, I'm really feeling sitting in the in the Equinox portal and being, especially being across different country, having been on a little journey, really seeing these different points across the wheel of the year, but also across the cycles of a couple of years of how much deep medicine is is available to us and really watching like oh what was my life like at this time last year and oh what was happening at this time two years ago and what did this Mm. look like four years ago and having this broader pattern seeking mind open to to witnessing the themes that are that are moving and I really feel like having journeyed with that and looking over the last four years of my life specifically this time these equinox portals and specifically in the southern hemisphere this autumn one Mm. has always held such big ending medicines such big death medicines such big conclusions to so many processes and also beginnings of new ones of course with the death comes a comes a birth comes this this process of shedding Mm. like the snake we let go of the old skin to to reveal the new one and I really and seeing that it's, you know, it's it's an integration, but it's it's never over. This will keep kind of cycling back around to me for who knows how many years or decades to come. But is there any patterns in particular that have arisen for you as this um, this time of year has approached again? Yeah, there's a real, I guess the real piece that's um, revealed itself is just how um how much can come from sitting with death actually from really Mm. being present to the metaphorical deaths of parts of our identity or patterns or parts of self but the very physical death of of an abortion or of a loved one or of Mm. a pet like just this real piece of of death and the fact that death itself is revealing to me how actually the only words that come to mind are not a big deal it is like it's really this piece it's really like an open door through which we can walk when the veils are thin and and get to sit in this space of of the void that we access in deep states of meditation or in deep states of ecstasy it's it's all the same void is what I'm really feeling is like at the height of bliss, at the height of ecstasy, at the height of despair, the space we enter into, that like nothingness that is full of everything is a space where it all comes from. And that's really mm-hmm. what's been with me. And there's actually a really beautiful card that I pulled during an ecstatic dance on Sunday this week that really mm. spoke to that, that I would love to share because it's better poetry than I could conjure on the spot. <laughs> absolutely it's very, it's very short but it's just that itself hmm. 
when you firmly identify with the ordinary world of the tangible, it, be, it makes sense to resist crossing through the veil that comes with transitions because it is perceived with the association of loss, destruction, or annihilation. However, when we journey back and forth through the veil, we carry multidimensional wisdom to the ordinary world to remind everyone that they too have access to the heavenly elixir that comes from crossing over. Mm. Mm. Nice. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good shit. And it, it fucking aches. Like grief is very present and very real in this mm. in this time but it's also just like so filled with gratitude for the just majesty and, and wisdom that's also also so present mm. yeah to me like having listened to your story and the way that you've told it this journey of of the last year I guess the point that I keep coming back to when I think about it is you've said yes to life and it's like this beautiful magic of and hard hard terrible magic of saying yes to your life and what you want so Mm. yeah I think I think that's just so beautiful and it's a it's a really beautiful emphasis to put on this journey of abortion is what are you actually saying yes to when you say no to that pregnancy Mm. yeah Mm. saying yes to all of the thresholds that open up when you have the space to listen to life right it's like none of this Mm. would be happening in this way if I had a baby right now you know like in a way that was (laughs) and it would be happening in a totally different way which would be perfect in its own right it's Mm. just a different opening and this one is really perfect for for me at Mm. this time yeah is there anything else that you feel like you would like to share in regards to your processing at all or even if it's not about your processing anything about yeah anything <laughs> what do you want to share wow anything about anything um <laughs> uh, I felt like after I felt like well I didn't quite like clock when I stopped trying to clock when like the actual dark night of the soul was happening when the bottom is bottom point was gonna hit because I just felt like it kept going and then at some point it just stopped and there was like that moment in the hospital maybe was it or that moment after that when I was yeah oh that's maybe not a good point to show yeah I hit that bottom point and it just, mm. everything started moving, these like fractional bits towards something else. Like I could feel it in the undertones of my whole life. And it was like, as the practices started to build and as I started to like get to know my body better and I got closer and closer to the end of my degree and then it was like, the light started coming back and it was like after the winter solstice and the days started getting longer and it started getting warmer it was just like all of these factors I was feeling and seeing in the world around me it actually just felt like coming out of winter out of hibernation mm-hmm. hence like death and rebirth process and I remember it getting to the um 
the spring equinox and I went away on like this really beautiful women's craft retreat for like a weekend and it just like these little moments of stepping out of normal life and into a ceremonial context of being in relationship with the earth and with the cycles I just got to pause and be like okay what's happening here and it was like this beautiful rosebud started blossoming and unfolding in front of me and I could just feel all of the juiciness that was waiting to happen and in the last six months since then because we're about to hit the autumn equinox again that whole year later mm. it's like everything that I could have ever dreamed of being in my new belonging in my place of rising has unfolded the community mm. that I'm surrounded by the friendships like the intimacy of love that is nothing sexual because all of that time I chose to be celibate. So last nine months, I've been in this complete celibacy journey as well, just like holding this relationship with self and nurturing this so deeply. And now it's like, okay, I'm, I'm facilitating. I've stepped into my power. I'm stepping into my roles, learning how to weave with other people and how to direct my country. I'm having these experiences of like deep connection with self and deep connection with others and being in rainbow gathering spaces and I went back to went back to the land again in the south coast I actually just got back last week I was just there and it was like mm. how to actually facilitate vision quests not just be in them but like how to actually hold that space for others and I just feel the way that each initiation has led to the next and the way that this pathway of being in presence and being in relationship with power in such an authentic and true way just allows the journey to unfold and it's like <laughs> getting to getting to fly with dragonflies and swim in clean waters and be in this presence of like fuck I was so deeply triggered by water for so long and then I just sat with it I just sat with it just sat in the sea sat in the in the streams and in the last three months it's like I feel like that relationship is finally just like alchemized and I'm a water baby again and it feels like such a metaphor for the womb and for the actual waters that like rip through the rivers and just like everything it's just coming back home yeah to the waters within to the waters without getting to navigate that mm. feeling yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what questions I'm here for, but that, that feels happened. Um but is there any parting words that you would like to share? Um, I guess with people that might be about to move through an abortion process um or coming out the other side of it that you would like to share with them. Hmm. That's a really beautiful question. Mm. I think I feel that if it's on the before side, if you're traveling towards an abortion or maybe in a place of not even knowing if that's what you're choosing, if, if that's even, yeah, being in the, in the space before, before that is just to come home to ourselves 
to create as much space and time as possible to really drop in with the womb. And if you've never done that, it's as simple as breathing, breathing up from the ground into that space and breathing back down or just even breathing all the way into the tummy and giving the body that chance to really feel itself. Um, mm. That comes from there. And on the other side, the same advice, except and plus, please, 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 please ask for the support you need, whether that's on mm. the physical of being taken care of by people who love you, whether that's on the emotional level, psychosomatic level, whether that's because you need a therapist or just somebody to listen to your story, like reach forward, lean in, lean in, because we all need to hold each other. That's what we're here for is to hold each other's hearts. And if there aren't people in your world currently or in their world currently who can do that well, maybe reach out to some people who can. I'm, as a therapist, I'm so here. My name's Tara. Come find me. We are wilder. <laughs> um, there's amazing, amazing, amazing practitioners out there who, yeah. Never be afraid to ask as well if you're in a financial situation where it's not feeling available to you for, yeah, for, for support and service at a price or a range that is available for you. Because I feel like, that's something that can often put people off is being like, I actually can't afford that kind of support. And it's like, well, we're actually all got human hearts. And so often people are happy to make things work. Too. Yeah. Hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, and I'll put your details, if you say it's okay, in the show notes um, so people can find you. And that feels like a good place to stop. So... Thank you for sharing your story with me and um, with the listeners of the podcast. And yeah, just it's my hope and prayer that this story finds the people that it's, it's meant to and that they can receive the medicine of your story. So thank you so much for sharing with me. And yeah. <laughs> mm, thank you so much for creating this. The world needs this medicine. The world needs your medicine and we just need... Mm more consciousness around yeah, this powerful powerful piece that so many women experience mm, thank you <laughs> thanks for listening to tyra's story with me today i hope that you got something out of her story there's definitely um a lot there um especially about her integration so hopefully you've got some ideas if um you want to yeah, do some more processing and integration work yourself. Um, she raised a really interesting point, uh, an aspect of her story in that she went and got on DNC several months after her abortion. Um, and that's something that I think has come up in previous episodes, but not, not a whole lot, but I think it's more common than people may think. Um, and obviously I'm not a healthcare professional, but if you do have excessive or prolonged bleeding after abortion, it's always recommended that you go and talk to um, your GP or your doctor, whoever you've been um, cared for in your abortion process, because it can indicate um, retained products, which can, yeah, um, 
leads to an increased risk of infection and prolonged bleeding and all sorts of things. So please go get that checked out if you're in that boat. Or, and if you're not sure um, if what you're experiencing post-abortion is normal, you can always give um, your doctor or abortion provider a call. They'll be able to assist you. So thanks, Tara, for sharing your story again. I had a lot of fun. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do give us a review on your podcast app. It takes a couple of seconds and helps boost the podcast so that more women and people just like you can listen to these stories. Um, That's it for now. So stay tuned for um, another episode coming out maybe this weekend, maybe next week, maybe in a fortnight. We'll see how we go. Um, And until then, go well and treat yourself with kindness.